We acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which we are recording. We pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging and to all Indigenous peoples worldwide who are listening in. Hello and welcome to the Doyen Interviews with me, Bridget Nathan. In this podcast series, we chat to women about their experiences and achievements in architecture and design. In this next episode, we chat to Rati Mahachi about her thesis, which looked at urbanisation and squatting in Harare, Zimbabwe. What started as a couple of tents quickly grew to a population of over 5,000. Working with her mum to interview the community, it was great to find out a bit more about the theoretical framework behind this project. I asked myself, like, it's obviously because um, Zimbabwe used to be brilliant and uh, ages ago. What is the hindrance? What is blocking these people from succeeding yeah. or even just having their basic shelter? Right. You know? How can I take all these negative circumstances and take that out of the equation so they can be come socially and independently confident. Thank you, Rati, so much for your time in participating in this podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks, Rati, for launching straight into it, telling us what you've been up to. I hope you enjoy this episode. I definitely enjoyed editing and listening to it. I have just completed my Masters of Design. It was sort of like a merged post-grad. I was in a class with a bunch of... um, communication designers, basically design of all sort of different uh, disciplines yeah. and, uh, mashed together into, so that was a nice um, uh, experience having to like collaborate with different uh, disciplines and learning from them and how they do things on their side of the block, yeah. What was your final project about? My focus was on uh, squatters in Zimbabwe. Oh, wow. So um, Zimbabwe at the moment is going through a difficult time politically and economically because we haven't even had a functioning Zimbabwean dollar. Yeah. And I think they're reintroducing that. So the unemployment rate is through the roof. I think it's about 90%. At the oh, moment. wow. Yeah. So um, I think lots of people rely on informal employment. Yeah. But you see, these uh, there's lots of people who um, sort of come from uh, this urbanization that's happening in Harare. People right. come from all these different places to like look for um, opportunities, and they don't really have any way to stay, so they just oh. look for any empty um, empty land. So my mom is also in Zimbabwe currently, so I asked her to go interview these squatters because there's this place behind. Um, my dad's uh, uh, com- commercial building that right. he just built. So he rents out offices in this big um, commercial building. But yeah. right behind that, there were squatters. And I think they used to be just like about 500, like five years ago, and have significantly increased to like 5,000. So I had my mom going to interview these people. Oh, that's so, <laughs> so cool. Yeah, because um, uh, uh, she's a, um, she does um, event planning and stuff like that. Okay. So whenever she really like... And she, she sort of, like, sort of made friends with them. So <laughs> she's like, oh, like, um, when they see her, they assume that they, she's got a job for them sometimes. Um, so she felt really bad, like, going yeah. in. Like, but yeah. anyway, um, uh, she, um, she went and asked these, um, asked them, like, why are they there? Um, what is what is their backgrounds? What, what skills? Because these people are incredibly skilled as well. You yeah. Know? They rely on just random jobs, but also they rely on... Um, uh, domestic work. There's lots of you, people um, are employed to be maids or gardeners. And yeah. 
nannies, like all sorts of things. And this is like almost every household. In, oh, really? Yeah, exactly. It's a very, and that's the, the informal employment that these type of people rely on. Um, right. So, and some like, so she asked them, like, what is your issue? Why are you here? And some of them were just like, yes, this is where I can, because there's nothing um, in the rural areas. So we're trying to find opportunities and jobs right. here. And some of them are like, well, there's nothing to steal there in that oh. area. So we come here and, and, and we can go steal or rob the, rob like houses in the evening. Oh yeah. But also these conditions that they live in is just, they absolutely terrible decrepit places oh, really? I mean there's no toilets there's no there's barely any water supply you yeah. know they're just literally just making tarps I mean have tarps and make these um, really like flimsy structures so they oh, can right. so I mean like see within my, a like kind of within yeah like it's like a big open land where like a oh. bunch of people are like living on top of each other it's like wow. very yeah it's and it's obviously it's not hygienic and it's not you know it's and I think you know um shelter is a basic human right water is a basic you know, like all of these yeah. things that we take for granted yeah these people are sort of like trying to struggle right to get it like every day I asked myself like it's obviously because um Zimbabwe used to be brilliant and uh, ages ago what is the hindrance what is blocking these people from succeeding yeah. or even just having their basic shelter right you know and I was thinking how can I take all these negative circumstances and take that out of the equation so they can be come uh, socially and independently confident in their way yeah. you know if we can take the government out of the equation make a system where they can be independent yeah sort of redefining poverty yeah like you don't have to ha like maybe you don't have to have money to um to to have all these things you right. know so like how can we make um them self-sustain how do they interact with the other people that are in Zimbabwe well, is that quite a the yeah. thing trying to come here and you know make themselves like you know a living you know and they their only um, sort of uh, option is to live in this place that doesn't have toilets right it doesn't have um, um, running water that sort of you lose a bit of like dignity right. in that sort of regard because you just like you feel a bit lost how long have they been squatting in this area for i they used to squat there because my friend used to live back there too like back that way and they used to squat there since i was in high school so maybe um probably 2004 is when i first saw them and right. i remember they were like you would see them in the distance because it was just like big like there was it was a suburb and this big empty land in, wow. in the middle and then like where my dad was building he like just finished building like this big commercial thing so this big we would probably see them just like people randomly walking through this really open big land and then my, my dad then was also concerned he's like I'm trying to like build this commercial thing like maybe if the squatters are there that, that might um, right. bring down the property you know right. so like let's see what they we can do and what they you know and as I said like you could just probably spot like 
maybe five or ten people like randomly if you were lucky Um. but now they've literally just made themselves home there i think i had a picture i will like show you oh that would be really like super interesting yeah yeah it was just from yeah it just really like an influx of urbanization of these people coming to yeah and yeah but it's it's bad but i think they feel like that's the only choice that they have. Yeah. You know, that's the only way they can make their money. Yeah. Yeah. And do they have, does it, do, do you get the impression that they have built, um, like, a sense of community within the people that live there? Yes, yes, they do. They do have a sense of community. Um, I think with any sort of um, high-concentrated people, like, in that, um, such a small space, I mean, such a, you know... A, it would create some sort of community, like they know each other. There's some conflict within the people, they make their own beer. Um, I, there's also, I think there's also prostitution. They just do these things to sort of make do, you know, like mm. so they can live in it. Because I think also, um, in my research, I saw that there's also a lady who teaches. Oh, wow. Yeah, she just, like, teaches um, a few... Uh, fifth graders I think right yeah which, yeah and she just teaches people there because obviously they don't have money to go to school so mm. she just like runs up people and I think she does it for a very small fee still but you know right yeah, yeah that's yeah. so interesting and so what sort of stuff are you doing at the moment at series oh yeah could you explain a little bit about what series is okay so series is a community park they have different sort of programs um whether it be uh and there's, well, there's also an education um, department where we have uh, excursions for school kids. We have school kids every day there. It's a bit of a... Um, it's, 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 it gets really wild in the day. And also, it's... Yeah, um, there's different departments. Um, it's very culturally diverse. Um, and what sort of things have you been doing there? So I am part of the design development team. Right. So I... Um, do any sort of uh, um, I won't won't say really architecture but I do any sort of design um, on any buildings that need to be um, uh, renovated or uh, or, um, refurbished or um, or any sort of uh, things that they need additional to um, to make their um, uh the educational um, section, like they usually need something for different um, parts of education that they Mm. teach. Okay. So yeah. So Mm. sort of minor works. um, Yeah. Not like, not for example, large new projects, but smaller iterations or smaller like maintenance of buildings. Yes, exactly, exactly. Just like, um, for example, I just... I was renovating the um, shed and it was uh, just a, a small extension. Um, but the bigger one that I'm working on right now is extending the nursery, which is going to be quite a big project. It'll probably take a long time, but right. yeah. And that's sort of like considered big and for me at the moment. Yeah. For, like, it needs to be extended out about like eight like eight meters right yeah exactly so and the interesting thing with that is but the interesting about that is because where we're extending it out um 
we have uh it's another thing that i have to think about is that we're extending out in the energy park oh, right. so i have to just uh like um sort of find out a way that is like conducive for all these parties that might be involved in this space and having to figure out like is this person going to clash with this person like ah. and this person's going to be like no i'm going to be teaching these people here so right I can't have that extended out because I need to be passing through. So it's like it's quite interesting. Yeah. Like trying to sort of um, envision a space that sort of conducive for everyone to harmoniously utilize this space. Yeah. Through the back. Yeah. So I mean, it's going to be like interesting, but yeah. It sounds like there's a lot of parties involved um, and a lot of yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It is quite like. I think we're just talking to, like, two or three departments. Right. But obviously some have more input in the, than the others. But, um, yeah, it's more so, like, how can everyone be okay with everything? Yeah. It's going to be the interesting part. Yeah. yeah, and so what sort of, um, like, how do you actually design this stuff? What sort of programs are you using and is it, does it involve looking at the existing architecture and sketching or are you on CAD or how does it work? Um, so I sometimes use CAD but mostly Revit. Right. Um, yes, I usually sketch it. It's sort of like I usually just sit down and talk to um, John, uh, the uh, infrastructure right. series, um, and we sort of discuss what needs to be done and then I have to um, draft up the brief. And yeah. Um, it's, uh, and then I guess like the sketching out really just comes out like after, after that. So I just use Revit and, um, I think, um, it translates well, you know, like having to see a model that's three dimensional and then my, um, uh, the, the, the managers of the site can actually see how it sort of plays out with it. It's quite... Um, quite beneficial in that way and we have different events like different programs that you can learn um, different things at but it's a really like nice community um, right uh, community sort of based Eric place yeah how did you get into studying in design in the first place what right so um, my dad is was a uh, he's a quantity surveyor right probably say was I guess like there's not a lot of um, I don't think he's doing much of it now. But right. He's a, he's definitely like um, property developer. Okay. He encouraged it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also it was like well received encouragement. You know, built environment was always something that I was going to do. Um, right. Influenced by him really, but I've always been interested. I've always drawn. I've always like you know. Um, my mom is a she's does anything and everything right she does does weddings she does party like she does gardens she does um um yeah just she's done everything since i've grown i've grown up you know and how did you choose australia i guess um i i always wanted to come to australia and also just melbourne is obviously like great for design so that was like um you know like that was what was suggested to me when i was looking for unis yeah yeah, yeah. what's it like studying in zimbabwe zimbabwe is actually really really good we are quite high on the literacy or in terms of just 
we're 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 quite um we have really really good schools yeah um i don't like i hear that it's declining at the moment considering how the country is going right but yeah school in zimbabwe is brilliant it's 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 a nice experience it's a great experience yeah what are the like universities like the interior design or architecture schools there we have an architecture school actually in bulawayo we don't have interior right Design. What have been some of the challenges that you've faced living and studying in Melbourne? Well, it's, it's great when you think that you can come abroad, you're in this new country, it's exciting. Yeah. Um, you're sort of like, okay, now I have to create my community. Who's my community? Um, and you like try and make friends at uni, you know, and you, you make friends. Um, I remember I, I lived at an international student village and that was really great. You meet lots of... I remember it was primarily Americans, but yeah. yeah, we met like a lot of people, and that was like a great um, experience. And I got my full student like party phase there as well, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But yeah, but so you, you go through that, and you sort of like establish, and you, you grow up a little bit, and you go out of your your party phase quite quickly, I might add. And then you you want to sort of. Um, establish your um, your your network as well, right? Um, so and so that was I think that was my barrier is sort of um, when I went to uni, there was a lot of Australians that knew Australians. Yeah. So to try sort of like get into that and sort of assimilate yourself into that was quite of a difficult mm-hmm. thing. When I had this community as well, I was making a lot of friends, but. A lot of them, as I said, were some of them were exchange students and some of them were internationals, um, and people come and go. Yeah. Know? So you have this really solid network that's just sort of like, you know, is non-existent anymore. Just and it's like it literally it felt like it happened overnight. Mm. It was very quick. Also, being far away from home, you need that support system. And you trying to overcome that isolation is definitely nothing. I mean, that's definitely something that you're trying. That's it's not going to be helpful <laughs> for you know. Yeah. So um, that was a very difficult thing for me to deal with, and that sort of was a hindrance to my to my studies later. Um, right. Um, Swimming was really good with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some teachers didn't understand, but most of them did. And especially, I remember Bridget, I would have to say, was like my master's of the design director at Swimming. She would sit down with me and she'd be like, okay, what's your issues? And I would hash it out. She's like, okay, do this, do that. And, you know, it felt, I felt really supported. Yeah. And she, yeah, she was like a really, like, um, she was, yeah, she was really great with helping me get through those stages alone in a different country that's that's a very difficult thing but I just I managed to establish my network I managed to to realize what might be the triggers or sometimes if there's no triggers what can you overcome I I exercise very very regularly you know Um, and I make sure that I have um, I, I was living alone but now I live with a few housemates you know and that was just sort of like you, you put yourself in an environment that can be that can make you um, feel comfortable with yourself again and you feel more confident about yourself and you feel yeah you feel like 
more comfortable and you can face and overcome issues. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that was my experience personally. But yeah, yeah. Those, that was a very, very difficult barrier to overcome. Yeah. Yeah, because it's very sometimes difficult to get out of that space. But once you get out of it, it's great. <laughs> um, firms or um, things in Melbourne or overseas that have been inspiring you? In Zimbabwe, which is, um, uh, there's a, a big shopping mall called Eastgate Mall. Right. Um, by this architect called um, Mick Pierce. He also designed something in the city. I forgot which okay. building it is. Yeah, but um, he designed this um, big shopping mall, and it looks and it's. I guess it's like wow. Um, I because in in Zimbabwe we haven't really there's ne- there's never been the talk of sustainability. Right. Um, and so it's really interesting that this old building had touched on that. Mm. Um, it's uh, he he was inspired by these molehills, I think you know, and it's just like a amazing structure, with um, and he 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 obviously touched on sustainability and how um, this passive cooling and and heating can work in these in this in this place, and it's just. It, it it looks like such a unique building, you know, um, it, it, this, this structure, the openness, and it just feels like so significant when you walk into it, you know, and it's just like a, a structure that I've never seen before. Wow. And, um, I, yeah, and it's it's nice that it was done by a Zimbabwean as well. Yeah, so, like, kind that's of amazing. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's a bit... Um, not great now like I, where I visited it because I have a cousin who works in there she works for a newspaper called the Daily News yeah and the interior is not great right. like it's a thing it's really old as I said like things aren't very good in Zimbabwe mm. so like there's no progress like that's probably right. the fitting since the 80s or something um or something ridiculous but yeah it's um uh the the structure in itself is brilliant it's wow. really, really great so if you were to give some advice to yourself when you were just starting out at uni or um, mm. in high school or um, any, like, younger versions of yourself, yeah. what would you say? <laughs> I heard that sometimes, and, like, no matter what you're doing, whether it's, like, drafting up your drawings or doing your sketches, doing your laundry, washing your dishes, if you want to do something, just do it 100%, anything you do, do it 100%. Oh, that's so, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I really love tea, that. Make the ass out of that too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not to say that, like, I try to do it, it doesn't always work, but I think I've noticed that there's sometimes where you just, like, wake up and you're not feeling motivated and you're just like, okay, if I just do one task, yeah, I do it really well, and then the other task will be a bit better, and then yeah, and it just gets easier as it goes. Yeah. Like, at least that's me in my experience. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's, that would be my advice. Thank you so much, Riley, for your time. Um, Thank you for having me. Thanks, Rati, for your insightful thoughts and words. Next up, we're chatting to Catherine Duggan from Peter Elliott Architecture and Urban Design. I had a list of people I wanted to work for and yeah. Peter Elliott was at the top of it. And so I went and did an interview with Peter and he looked at me and said, you sound really interesting, you're really interesting. Mm. We don't have any work, right? but I'm going to hire you anyway. Oh. <laughs> This next chat took place in her Robin Boyd home. And if you listen carefully enough, you can hear the sea breeze of Blackrock.